Fuck it, we're doing it live. It's bad pipes. Uh, we... I didn't have a plan and now I'm paying for it. <laughs> Welcome to the Bad Pipes Podcast. Uh, that guy is Andrew Weaver. And uh, my friend with me today is Scott. Or, yep. What did you say last week? Gregothy? I, I, I just gave my, my government name. Big Greg. Big Greg. We're here. Um, so, if you don't know what we do here, uh, we talk about the latest Star Wars show, typically, <laughs> and then random movies. This yes. week in particular is something of a cage match. <laughs> yeah, we're going three rounds with the legend, Nicholas Cage. <laughs> Uh, before we get to that, though, we are going to run through some news, and then we'll uh, do a little breakdown of this latest episode of Ahsoka. What do we got? What do we got? All right, so my first big piece. This actually, I think this broke the day we were recording last week, so that's why we didn't talk about it then. But Unity, a dev tool, software, etc., cetera, uh, they done fucked up. Oh, they yeah. announced that they'd be charging devs per download and also for runtime based on lifetime installations. Uh, long story yeah. short, they're now walking it back. Uh, sounds like like Unity devs, like devs within Unity, also thought this was stupid. And it was almost 100% uh, an upper management or C-suite, as they sometimes call it. Decision. Yeah, the, um, I, I believe from what I heard, I think the CEO's... A, a former COVA. It fucking yeah, checks out. I mean, yeah, he's the guy that he's the <laughs> guy that everyone quotes for the once you're like eight hours in the battlefield, if you start charging your players a dollar to reload, then they'll pay it. He's that guy. <laughs> yeah, fuck that guy. Um, he also, and this is a quote, said that developers are fucking idiots for not monetizing adequately. Yeah, yeah. I, I did see that quote. Because he, he's one of those big, he, he's big on the uh, microtransactions. Yeah, microtransactions. Like, it's hey, your, it's why the EA sports games are as bad as they are now. Uh, yeah. Uh, so details on the extent of the walkback are still to officially come. There has been a little bit of news on that, though. Uh, the thing is, is that it's probably too little, too late. The damage to their reputation has been done. Yeah. Um, and just to mention the rumors of the walkback that I've heard so far, rather than whatever fucked up scheme they're going with before, it would be 4% of revenue on games with more than 1 million installs. Uh, they walked back the lifetime installations and they're presumably only going to be charging for... Uh, installs and the revenue stuff after january 1st yeah so yeah i think i i recall um cult of the lamb who uh, built on unity uh they basically tweeted out they were like Ugh. they're like go ahead and buy the game now or download the game now because after january 1st we're delisting yeah and the guy who made caves of cud uh qud he i think has already ported his game over to godot i think or Godot, uh, nice. however you yeah. say it. Um, so yeah, 
that's something happening in the gamosphere. Another big gamosphere piece of news is the Bethesda. Uh, I forget to I forgot to look into how this happened, but uh, the Bethesda release schedule was leaked. Uh, most notably, an Oblivion remaster, a Fallout 3 remaster, Dishonored 3, Doom Year Zero, so a new Doom title, and Elder Scrolls 6. Nice. Um, so, if you've been content with the sludge Bethesda has been giving us these past couple years, you got more to look forward to. <laughs> So we're we're looking we're probably gonna get Elder Scrolls six around like twenty thirty at this point. Uh, probably late twenty twenty four, according to the um, Oh no, this this says uh, it includes Elder Scrolls six, which we know isn't coming until twenty twenty six. Oh okay. And so, yeah. not and it says and not at all for PlayStation. So. Ooh. Oh well, that's because doesn't Microsoft own Bethesda now? Yes, Microsoft has bought out Bethesda and done absolutely nothing to change it from being the dog yeah, shit that good. it is because i'm sick of all these fucking sony playstation fanboys, knuckle dragon dirt eating mongoloids wow he says he says that to the guy who who's on the console <laughs> is a playstation 5 <laughs> yeah, that's why no, i said it no, I, I mean, mean it. I don't care about the console wars i do think that most people are better off having a pc but that's uh, yeah, it just depends. You know, I I like I like my Sony exclusives, but at the same time, like yeah, I have a PC too. And that's because like obviously there's a lot of games that play don't better on me. PC. You don't game on PC, dude. I game. We game the other day. We gamed like a couple weeks ago. <laughs> I was about to say like three weeks ago. <laughs> um, no, nah, I'll, I'll probably get Elder Scrolls and play it on PC. So, final piece of news. Uh, this was really just a. A little cherry on top all right we haven't talked about this saga whatsoever but johnny somali was a streamer who went to japan and became, he's still a streamer right uh well we'll get to that kick banned him off their platform mm. um i did not see that part have been quoted as calling him japan's most hated streamer he's finally fucked around enough to find out uh, after months of playing loud racist music in Disneyland Tokyo and the many subways, harassing subway commuters, being confronted by a coalition of Japanese streamers, being forced to apologize on camera by the Yakuza and still making a joke of it, fleeing to Thailand and eventually returning to Japan, he and one of his goons were harassing a couple who didn't want to be filmed in Osaka. And after repeatedly calling them racist and getting in their faces, a bystander smoking a ciggy outside a cafe kindly <laughs> knocked him the fuck out. Oh my god. Him and his little goon friend that was like doing the same shit. Yeah. Um, I absolutely no, I, recommend you dig up the video of this because yeah, the guy goes full anime mode. He's just like, yeah! <laughs> well, and it's like, it's like knowing the background to that this dude just goes around and he's just absolutely obnoxious i mean he filmed uh, you got and, and I'm, I'm sure some of our viewers it's it, it's not it's not you know it's common knowledge in japan it's all about respect it's about like respecting boundaries and and so the fact that he's just going around and stream like like vi videoing or streaming live streaming people without their consent 
who don't want to be videoed. And then on top of that, like getting in their face about it. I just um, don't understand how he's been allowed to stay in the country for so long. Whenever like Logan Paul got deported after that's, the fucking that's what I'm like. He, suicide he stuff. Yeah, I I wish they would deport his ass. He needs to he needs to be banned from the country because like he I've just seen so many videos and just things about him just being obnoxious on the trains, like uh, just doing dumb shit. And it's like, dude, you're like. Show some fucking class and decency. Yeah. Um, and then my last note was on top of that, kick ban kick banned them off of their platform. Good. After I'm pretty sure following this event. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was already banned from like Twitch. Yeah, he, and he got banned every off other of platform. So good. Hopefully he can't be a fucking streamer anymore and yeah. you know, he, he won't be able to make any money. <laughs> the funniest part is that it, it's a white dude that knocked him out. The guy yeah. apparently owns a cafe. Huh. Like <laughs> the video is so funny because he like kind of like smooths his hair back and then turns and just fucking like annihilates them like one hit each. <laughs> yeah. And then if you've seen the pictures of the aftermath, like Johnny has this like big split lip and apparently there was like a pool of blood from his like lip on the on the pavement um, <laughs> and then his little goon friend has a the <laughs> the gall to go into like their discord or whatever and be like that dude hit like a bitch he knocked them both out yeah i was they were like both knocked out on the pavement yeah uh, he talking trash for no reason but yeah dude dude just a menace and should be deported and banned from re-entering the country like uh, oh yeah i don't know Pe people like that's one thing i think a lot of people love about japan like respect it's like they they keep shit clean and, and like everything's like well kept it's it's pristine like like i've heard it's just uh, very nice and then on top of that like it's very much like everyone kind of minds their own like you're you're it, it it's kind of like just mutually agreed upon amongst all citizens that you just don't be disruptive in public. Like you're, you're not supposed to be like listening to music out loud while on the trains or like, like shove your headphones in. I mean, it's even, I think common knowledge. You're not supposed to like walk around while eating. Like if you're trying to eat food, you should be like, like take a seat somewhere and like be stationary while you're eating. Like, and, and he just like goes out there and he's just like showing absolutely no respect for anyone there. and just being loud and obnoxious. All right, you weeb. Let's move on. Let's talk about Ahsoka. Episode, what is this, six? Uh, yep, this is episode six. Did you catch when our boy, Ray Stevenson, as Balin Skull, mm -hmm. called the Jedi, who were the people trained in the way of the Jedi after the fall of the Order, as Boken Jedi? Yeah, he, he referred to... Yeah, it was... Uh, I think it was in reference to Ezra Bridger when they were... Discussing that, she was like, "Oh, do you know him?" And he was like, "No, he came after the fall of the temple. He's Boken. He's like, he was raised in the Boken Jedi ways." Yeah. Not not sure what it is. I'm not too familiar with that. I, I feel like I've heard the term, but I'm not. I mean, do you know what a Boken it. is? It's a wooden training sword. Oh yeah, it's that's, it's straight that's up just I, the Japanese word. Okay, that's where I recognize the name from. Yeah. Did uh, did they just did they just make this up and pull this out of their asses for this show? Well, if you notice, they've been doing a bunch of, like, 
Japanese themed stuff. Yeah. In this show. I know. Yeah, I feel like I noticed that with the uh, I guess the the fighting styles, right? Uh, I'd probably or like the training agree. styles. Because I think even Anakin has a more like samurai kind of style fighting. Yeah. Whenever we saw. Him I guess. Last I guess generally. I guess generally that's kind of always been somewhat of a theme throughout Star Wars. It's like the the um, the inspiration for like the different Jedi. F- like lightsaber fighting styles are like yeah but now this is just like straight ripping the words like yeah yeah it's pretty stupid i it just seems lazy to me yeah um, um we do this get to see thrawn and ezra in this episode we do um this episode i'm trying to remember there were a couple things that were corny as fuck Oh, okay. First off, when they're when we have like the small bit at the at, towards the beginning of Ahsoka and um, her droid flying, and they do the whole like story thing, and then he's like, and a long a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And I'm like, dude, this is so fucking corny. Yeah, I was I was not. Really I I, I actually physically cringe at that. I was like, why? Like, why? Like, if, I get it if you're going to do it in the title card, but like, why? That's just stupid to me. Um, and then on top of that, I, how did you feel about the, what do they call them? The night troopers? Uh, here's the thing. <clears throat> I thought their design was good. Because it's presumed that he lost some forces when he got there and so he's been pulling in like native units now the romans did similar stuff they would whenever they took an area they'd be like all right now swear fealty to rome okay cool now put together a military unit and uh because you're the ones that have to defend this land now and if we have to come back we're gonna make you pay for it basically um so thrawn is meant to be this like conquering figure uh, he just looks like an old man in this. What? Now, yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't know something about his, something about his design just like a little off to me, like the costuming and the um the makeup. Yeah. Well, the thing is, they just used the voice actor from the Rebels show, and I think that they should have recast it. Yeah. I think they should have gotten someone who's a little bit more physically imposing. Um, yeah. Because Thrawn is meant to be like a very capable fighter. Yeah. Uh, trains daily, like strategic mastermind. He's, he's this like, I have sharpened myself to a fine blade, you know, and I'm a weapon to be wielded by the emperor, like that kind of mindset, you know? Um, yeah. And he just kind of came across as like, I don't know, like tonally the show just feels full of itself. It, like it's so certain that it's beloved in a work of art that those aspect, those aspects of it, like end up being to its detriment. Yeah. So the parts that are almost good feel like they're getting high on their own supply. Yeah. And then, um, uh, one thing I wanted to ask you first. So yeah. we we talked about the the night troopers or whatever. How did you feel about Enoch's design with the weird? I actually, 
I straight up I really liked it. It reminded yeah. me of like the Roman centurions. Yeah, my my thing is like there was something about it where I was just like eh, something maybe if you gave him like a completely different helmet, but something felt weird about like how how did they just like manage to like take this fucking stormtrooper helmet, hollow it out, and, like put this random like little mask in there. Um, it just felt kind of weird. Like it felt like I, I feel like it could have been cool if they had just like given him a totally different kind of stylized helmet, not just like it looks like a stormtrooper helmet with the face mask switched to like this gold mask. But other than that, I feel like I did. I did overall. I didn't have too many issues with like the night troopers. Like I, I think they looked pretty cool. Um, they're definitely. I think one of the highlights of this episode, considering, um, like I think we we'd already talked about just like kind of having a uh, some sort of new like trooper. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I thought they were good. And I like the, um, it seems like they have rank colors. I could be wrong about that. But there's points where you see one guy with, like, a blue helmet. And I don't know. You just see, like, a lot of coloration on him. Um, yeah. Which is interesting, I guess. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, apart from that, though. Apart from, like, the couple of visual things that we've kind of mentioned already that I thought were actually pretty good, like, kind of like you said, seeing the Great Mothers or whatever they're called, like, actual Dathomiri, Dathomiri, that was good. Um, I do like the Night Troopers design, how they seem like they've been living out here for, like, 20 years and are kind of put together more than, like... uh, form and functionally still stormtroopers um but then you get to the fucking crab people the damn hermit crab people oh yeah and at that point the stage design is just bad like i'm sick of this background round screen thing that they keep using now like once you see it you just can't unsee it and it looks cheap and bad and like the cinematography at that point is just suffering well, I also that... hated the fucking hermit crab people. I don't know how you felt about them, but I was like, this scene is going on way too fucking long. <laughs> so that that is one thing I thought. I was like, damn, they're they're just really dragging this shit out. Um, my other thing was like, I felt like we tried to get a little too cutesy with this shit with the howler, um, the little like scene where the howler's like trying to follow her, and she's like, no, like you ran away, and like trying to talk like. Yeah. Can we the not humor take for this, this shit? Has not been hitting. Yeah, it's like, can we not take this shit seriously for like one fucking minute? Like, they always have to have like some sort of like little cutesy thing added in there. Um, we need our porgs. We need our fucking our little crab people. Our Ewoks. Um. So yeah, that's kind of. I, I feel like they were trying to do like an Ewok sort of thing with these. Uh, I can't remember the crab people what they were called, but. I'm not sure they were ever given a name because it says that they're speaking the Nori language, N-O-R-I language, um, but then no. also the like bandit people are speaking the same language. No, I think it did give them, it started with a P. Um, I think I saw it in my captions. Maybe, maybe I'm no, wrong. No, the planet is named like Perinia or something like that. Yeah. Perinium. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, I don't know. Uh, also, this is probably just a me thing in my head. Ezra was Latino, and he's very definitely like an Indian dude. Yeah. Um, that, I, I guess that's just me breeding the, round, the wrong brown. I don't know. <laughs> so my... Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I know we talked about we weren't big on the actor, and then my thing is, on top of that, they went, hey, Ezra Bridger's supposed to have blue eyes. So let's give him these fucking shitty blue eye contacts. Did they? I didn't even notice. Oh, I think they're I was bad. So Hold on. Out. I'm going to find it for you. Um, yeah, while well, you look for that, I'm just going to I'm gonna double down. I actually really like Enoch's character. However, I guess them what being... he's got he's got purple eyes in the show or something. Does he? I don't know. Yeah. Or uh, like in Rebels, in Rebels, I mean. Uh, I think something like that. Either way, I'm gonna find this and show you. If if you've shitty. ever watched the Lord of the Rings trilogy, there's a lot of scenes where they'll do a close up on Legolas and he's got the contacts in, and you're like, well, that's kind of striking. But then if you notice. At no other point does he ever have those contacts in. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've seen that shit. You know why, though, right? You can't uh, see through those colored contacts. Yeah. Yeah, stupid. I mean, that might be why Hera always looks so stiff. It's because she's got, like, her... All of her uh, peripheral vision is, like, gone with those contacts. All right, there you go. Oh jeez, yeah, that's a they, bad still. Yeah, I, I, I just I saw it on Twitter and I tried to grab it. Like I just grabbed it off Twitter that someone posted. Um, yeah, like just those colored contacts. Like they're they're doing all these colored contacts in the show, and it just looks so shitty. Like for like the majority of these characters. Whenever I was looking at his costume too, I was looking at that like scale mail that he has. Yeah. And, or maybe scale mail is probably not the right word. What is it? Um, oh, it's, it's that Eastern word. Oh, overlapping scale armor. What the heck is it? Lamellar. Hmm. And I was like, why did he make this yeah. armor? It, it'll stop a lightsaber for sure. Oh, obviously. Oh, uh, well, I mean, Sabine has his lightsaber, so he doesn't even have a lightsaber at this point. Uh, as true. far as we've seen. Yeah. There's a chance he discovered a crystal somewhere on this planet and used it, but God. Um but yeah, I don't know. I, I again I think another one of the highlights of this is uh, um our boy uh Balin. Balin. Balin's skull. Uh I feel like they his character has a little bit more depth because he he very clearly in his uh like his his conversations with um shin shin he it's clear he's like a very dimensional character in the fact that like he was a jedi the te like the jedi fell and he he 
turn to the dark side or whatever, but like he's very clearly is like in search of something greater than just like I think uh, it, it sounds like he wants to break this cycle of like some big power coming about and like dominating you know their universe and yeah i'm kind of um, wondering what this power thing is that he's looking for on the planet that has nothing to do with uh ezra and sabine yeah um, um no idea but curious yeah but right. nope, I, I just all we can talk about though. Yeah, it's crazy. It, it was a forty-eight minute episode, and yeah. like I'd say a solid fifteen minutes of it was filler. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I just didn't enjoy it. Again, <laughs> it, I don't know. Yeah, this there was... one was definitely a down downward movement on the yeah <laughs> on the and, plot excited scale and it drives me crazy because i go like I'll, I'll be scrolling facebook and i'll see like i saw some dude he was like a, a mutual work acquaintance who no longer works for the company i work for and he was like damn ahsoka so fire i really wanted to get on there and comment and be like you mean this uh, absolute garbage i'm <laughs> like you fucking i was now? like you fucking normie like you are you are Every- just like typical normie opinion everyone like, criticizing the show the people who are like absolute like they're determined to hate it they're like how quickly did ahsoka cross her episode her arms this episode and <laughs> like i think her like the opening shot of her in this episode her arms are crossed already oh <laughs> uh, yeah or at the very least she does it at the end of that scene with <laughs> yang uh, hockey. No, I'm just. Uh, yeah. Are you uh, liking Shin more? <clears throat> yeah, I am. Um, I think. Yeah, I think she does actually compliment, um, Balin a lot. Uh, she she's. Yeah. No, I I like them. I like them as a duo. I like them as characters. They're 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 probably the highlight. It just sucks because at this point it feels like they're going nowhere with them. Yeah. It, um, it it does feel like they're just kind of chasing this stupid dead end or like something completely unrelated. Yeah. But I'm kind of thinking this is where they're going to bring in some like relic of the, the old Republic or something. Yeah. Or... But it's obviously like if they were trying to leave us on a cliffhanger or something with, with them at the end of the season, can't really do a whole lot with it next season. Because unfortunately, you know it'd be, <clears throat> you know it'd be just totally whack, is ah. if they they were like they showed up in some freaking catacomb and they were like this is Revan's tomb. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> I would get so mad at that point. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um. Cage match. <laughs> the boy. The cage match. The man. So. We're going to go through these by release date. So Wicker Man, Mandy, and the unbearable weight of massive 2022, talent. I believe. Now, before we really dive into it, mm-hmm. which of these was your favorite? 
Oh, that's tough. It definitely wasn't the Wicker Man. But Mandy and the unbearable... So, the unbearable weight of massive talent. And Mandy... I feel like it's really tough to choose between those two for me. Yeah. Um, I think that's a fair point because I would argue that the unbearable weight of massive talent is like phenomenal writing. Absolutely yeah. incredible writing. Whereas yeah. Mandy is just like a visual spectacle. Like, yeah, uh, very... it, there, there's, I feel like there's very little, like there's so much of Mandy that has such little dialogue. Well, I was going to say it's very thin on dialogue, but it absolutely yeah. makes up for it in visuals. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I guess those two are way up there. Um, the Wicker man straight up, straight <laughs> up. We were going to watch it for the damn bees scene. And then I found out that the damn bees scene isn't in the theatrical release. It's yeah. in the unrated version. So where, where did you watch it on? Oh, I don't know. Prime, I think. Okay. So I just, cause I think you texted me that last night about, about the needing to watch unrated version to get all that, those deleted scenes and everything. Yeah, probably texted so you I went, at like one in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I was like, that that was one of the ones I was watching at work today. So I was like, okay, fuck this. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look up to stream the uh, the un, unrated version, which I also, like, I found somewhere where it was streaming for free online. So I just, you know, I watched it, watched it at work, streaming online for free. Um, and I found, like, I, I was looking, like, obviously there's a, a difference in the time between the unrated and the theatrical so i found one that matched the time for the unrated so i was watching it and then i get to that part and it's just like every like the the basically like the movie got off from the dialogue and you hear like the dialogue from the deleted scenes but you don't see them That's so funny. i'm like i'm like what the fuck so i had to i just had to look up the deleted scenes i looked them up on youtube and i found them yeah. well because in the theatrical release after the mob takes him down uh, it fades out, and then you off-screen mm -hmm. hear them break his legs. Exactly, And then yeah. the next, like, it opens up him in the little, like, canvas carry bag or whatever, and he's got a bunch of bee stings on his face. So I'm like, did I fucking miss something? Yeah. Did I miss it? No, see, mine even had, like, mine did that, mine cut, and then on top of that, like, the dialogue got fucked up because, like, you could hear him like yelling about the bees and everything, but you're watching them like carrying him in this bag. And I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> the bees, the bees, and so, yeah, so like, I had to like find a, like the theatrical release, like watch, rewatch like that part. But like I, I, I watched in it, at the part where it should have been. I watched on YouTube, the part where they're like, they, they pull him down, they break his legs. And right, let's go like, back. To, you know, we're at the end of the movie. Let's go back yeah, to yeah, the yeah, beginning. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the way this opened up yeah this is the only one by the way that i took notes while i was watching so they're just like stream of consciousness notes because the other two movies were so good that i was like i'm not taking notes i'm watching the movie yeah. um my first note is just zero to 100 very quick because that semi just goes bah -bah. oh yeah <laughs> yeah dude it, i i was just like I thought he was going to get hit, and then that th it just fucking smokes the car, and I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Yeah. And then the, uh... Because <laughs> I watch movies with the, the uh, subtitles on. 
I don't know why I found this so funny, but then it he's on the pavement unconscious and then it like there's a time lapse, you know, and he's then he's like sitting at home with like PTSD or something. And the subtitles just say horses neighing and then i see what he's watching and it's just like horses running around in a field and i was like mojo dojo casa house vibes <laughs> honestly yeah um and then i don't know why i wrote this but just blonde girls doing what blonde girls do <laughs> oh the the cop when she just like came in just like well, I think it was like the two women in the car, the cop, and then he shows up on the island and like all the oh, girls are blonde. Yeah. And then I wrote, is this Midsommar? Uh, basically. And then I think I got distracted because I wrote blonde girl with axe twice. Oh, it, yeah, it was the, uh, I don't know what actress that is. Um, uh, Lily Sieberg. I've definitely seen Sobieski. her. Yeah, I've seen her somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, she stopped acting after having two kids. And, um, oh, damn. She's like 40 years old now. She was 23 in this movie. And there's a point where she has an axe and uh, she's like chopping wood. And Yeah. Um, in that moment, I think I fell in love. Yeah. Um, checks out. And then my last note is just the damn B scene isn't in the theatrical release. It's in the unrated <laughs> version. What the fuck? Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Uh, yeah. His character is such a fucking asshole in this movie. He, Dude, so I was thinking that because I'm just like, okay, so you get this guy and he's just like, he gets hit up and this woman's like, yeah, my daughter went missing. And like, first of all, like, how does this dude not take the hint? Or like try to like add it together, like oh, this might be my daughter. He does. He doesn't take even a second to think about that. He's just like, oh, my ex wants me to go find her missing daughter on this random island in the Puget Sound. Peace out. Like I'm gonna go help her. But then like he gets there and he just like, is immediately like, let me just run around and be a fucking menace to everyone. <laughs> The, I think the, the point... initial bar scene where he just like yeah. tap 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 and he turns around and he's like yeah. listen up you mother <laughs> yeah I'm just like it, he just he comes in there and he's just like he's yelling at everyone just like I'm I'm the new sheriff in town and then I, I think that the the moment it really set in for me is he runs into the classroom and he's just like yelling at these kids and he just starts like erasing the board <laughs> without like even checking with the team. he's just like. He's like, yeah, let me erase this shit so I can draw the name that I just shouted to everyone on the on the chalkboard. The name real big across the yeah. And he's like <laughs> screaming at the kids. He's screaming at the teacher. Yeah, and then he's just like, like calling them liars. He's like, you're fucking liars. You little liars. <laughs> yeah. Unhinged. Um. And then, like, he never gets. Even when he's he's riding a bike at one point. And you kind of assume because he was just talking to his ex that like it's probably her bike. Yeah. And whenever he gets to wherever it is he's going, he just fucking throws the bike down. And I was like, <laughs> rude, man. That's what I'm just like. Is this dude just like going around and just like <laughs> like he's, he's like, he he's just being a menace. <laughs> he just sees like a bike sitting at someone's house. He's like, yep, this is free reign. I'm gonna use it. <laughs> 
Well, what's funny is that later on he pulls a gun on the teacher and is like, give me your fucking bike. Get off the fucking bike. You know, (laughs) (laughs) when you see him arrive at the destination, he like politely props that bike up. And I was like, what the fuck, dude? (laughs) This guy's just like a menace to society, but he's just absolute chaos. He says he's the law, but he's just absolute chaos. Um, you know what the turning point in this movie is? Because like it, it does feel like it's it's not doing it very well, but it does feel like a thriller, um, yeah, like a paranoid thriller kind of movie. Uh, the day of the festival, when he shows up to the bar again, and Sister Beach, I believe her name is, is like putting on the bear costume, and he just fucking decks her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just no, he's just like, yeah, I'm done. Dude, I like belly laughed and said, what yeah. the fuck? Because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was another like zero to 100 very quick. He just fucking like sucker punches her, steals the bear costume he's in the middle of putting on. Sister Honey shows up and he like kicks her hella the- violently into the wall. Dude, she went flying into the wall of pictures. I was just like, damn, he had some fucking power behind that. He like Leonidas 300 Zack yeah. Snyder cut <laughs> full on front kicks her into the wall. Um, This movie's such dog shit. It, it, it is. And it's so predictable because I sat here and while all this is going on, I'm just like, oh, like they're talking about like a fertility festival. Like they're talking about all this shit. And I'm just like, oh, this girl he's looking for definitely isn't the sacrifice. He was brought here as the sacrifice. It's so clear. Oh yeah. I'm I'm just like they, they brought this dude here. He like they're they're he has no other purpose. Like they I, I feel like they would have done something to get rid of him. I, I'm just like it's so clear they're kinda keeping him around and toying with him in order to like use him as a sacrifice. You, you know what one of the other moments where I was like, what a fucking asshole is when he's running through the barn that first night he's like trying to find a girl or whatever mm-hmm. and then like he fucking just like falls through the bo- the second story <laughs> yeah. barn planks doesn't I mean there's no scene of him like telling anyone about it it's just like <laughs> oh yeah I've, I'm fucking like destroying property I'm yeah. trespassing I'm demanding that everyone like act as if I'm <laughs> the king of the castle yeah like, but 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 I'm a little I'm I'm a little I'm just I'm allergic to bees bees are my weakness (laughs) (laughs) when he smashes the bee with the cup I went oh what the fuck that's too far and then everyone else has the same reaction in the room (laughs) yeah well I'm just like and then on top of that the scene where he's riding his bike and shit and he just like He's like, yeah, I'm allergic to bees. I'm gonna go through this whole area with all these fucking beehives. He's like, he yeah. he made no effort to go around it. He's just like, he I'm gonna go, like, I'm gonna go straight through. Yeah, like he just, you can see them all, you know. Yeah, and he just yeah. runs his fucking bike into one. And then I'm like, okay, so he's gonna like pull out an epipen here or something, right? No, he gets saved off screen. <laughs> yeah, well, he did. I think he he did pull out the epipen. Um. He just didn't get it into himself in time. Because <laughs> I think he, he wakes up and he's like, oh, did you use my kit? And they were like, no, we like we cured you the old way or whatever. Yeah. 
Um, God only knows what that is. Yeah. Because they um, show us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this movie... It's not the. It's not as bad as Future World. That's for sure. No, even though James <laughs> Franco shows up. Yeah, <laughs> the variant. <laughs> um. Yeah. No. This. Uh, yeah. Three and a half out of ten. I will say this. I would have gotten killed in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, I'd have been. I'd have fallen for dumb shit. That's fair. Yeah, probably me too. Sister hunting, swinging an axe. I'd have been like. <laughs> okay. He. <laughs> yeah. Um, he, no. In the, oh no. Do you know what I was thinking? Me. Do you know what I was thinking? So first of all, I thought this. I thought this when he was like going to like swim over to the airplane to like try to use the radio, mm-hmm. and he's like takes off his jacket, like all the shit. He like takes takes off his gun, and I'm just like, nope, I would not do that. I would not leave that shit out of my sight. Um, because then I was also thinking at the end. I'm just like he he pulls his gun on everyone and they're all like surrounding him and I'm like bro I would have as soon as I'm surrounded I'm finding the, the like the the least volume area of this crowd like I'm finding like the thinnest area and I'm capping people and I'm running like no bad news you're not surrounding me like that but then but then you obviously find out she took the bullets out of, out of the gun but yeah. Yeah, oh, well. sister honey would have killed me. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Swinging that axe. Yep. She would have. Yeah, you you would have. Yeah, she would have just. She would have had your head down there on the, on the stump. Yeah, three I'm... three three and a half out of ten. Um. God, out of 10. I, even, I wasn't even thinking about that. Uh, um, I think three and a half is a fair score. Yeah. I'm like, it's not like unwatchable. It's just kind of boring. And it, it's very predictable. And the only reason we were watching it anyway was to watch the damn Nicolas Cage, the bees scene. Yeah. And it's not even in the fucking movie. Yeah. That's God damn it. The bees. <laughs> Not the bees! Literally gets referenced in unbearable weight, though, so that's kind of cool. All right, Mandy. Mandy. 2018's Mandy. Produced by Elijah Wood. Was it actually? Yeah, Elijah Wood was one of the producers on it. I think he was the second listed, so... That's wild. That's something. As soon as I Uh, saw that, I was like, oh, this is going to be good, because I know he's got a very... Uh, refined palette whenever it comes to like horror movies and I also know that he is a guy that's very into a lot of very different music yeah um yeah he's like a he's like a DJ or like music producer um basically all the hobbits while they were filming the LOTR stuff were doing DJ gigs at the same time in New Zealand that's crazy um out of the three this I have I had seen this one before and this is one of my favorite movies um, or, or at the time it had been uh, Unbearable Weight is, is now up there in my all time favorite movies Oh yeah. but Mandy Mandy was already there um, I just remember watching it and being like damn like the just the cinematography and like the lighting and everything they use in this Yeah. Um, and then just also that it's just kind of this ridiculous ride especially like when you get to like the climactic like where he's just like I'm straight up on a revenge killing spree 
Yeah. Yeah, I mean, straight up, it's just ode and homage to metal visuals. I don't know if yeah. you've ever watched those old animated uh, heavy metal cartoons. Oh, yeah, because that, they, they do some of the little animation there. Yeah, they do um, a good bit of animation in, in this movie. Yeah. Um, but also, like, a lot of the old school metal album art that was used in, like, the, mm-hmm. the crazy Polish dude. I can't remember what the heck his name was, but he had some awesome art. Yeah. Um, the visuals, like you were saying. Probably the high note of the movie. Spectacular. Yeah. Uh, their shot composition, uh, the effects they use to like unsettle you. Uh, it all plays well with the story. The soundtrack is very good. It's a lot of like prog metal kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's, uh, I don't know, this was like, I don't know, maybe my second, this might have only been my second watch through of it, second, third. I haven't seen it that many times, because for a while there, it, like, it was behind a paywall. Now it, now it's free, street, streaming free on a couple different platforms, yeah. which is great. Um, but yeah, I watched it this time, I was like, I think a couple of the things that stood out to me were like, the scene that they, uh, where, um, our, our cult leader... Uh, fuck Jeremiah. Uh, when Jeremiah brings Mandy, uh, like or like has has her come to him with with all his little cult followers, and they're doing like the the tracers, and then like on top of that, the way it's shot, where like they they superimpose or like fade in and out like her face over his face uh, yeah. on that close up, like some of that stuff was just like really cool the way they they shot that and very different. What do you think the purpose of that was? Like superimposing her, like the faces over each other. Yeah. Um. Because this is a movie that is absolutely rife with symbolism. Yeah. Especially um, once he starts talking, and he's kind of describing this like descent into hell, and then being like burned away with this, like so very hot light. I think he says. Um. <laughs> And how he's like being shown a path essentially. Uh, yeah. And you watching it, or at least I watching it, get the feeling that like, oh, this dude went to hell and then Lucifer has like raised him as like a champion kind of thing. Yeah. And now he straight up is like the Antichrist. And that's how he behaves in this movie. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people would probably argue against me on this point, but like individuality within Christianity is a, uh, a very big theological discussion, right? Cause a lot of people are like, uh, religion strips your individuality, whereas most people would say, or not most people, but like the other side of that argument would be, uh, religion gives you freedom to be like your more true self or something like that Mm -hmm. um and with this kind of like antichrist kind of figure him trying to create unity trying to like mesh like hive mind consciousness we are all one you know that kind of thing uh you see this like elimination of individuality right 
and you yeah. have that character of Mandy, who is very much a, an individual, and Red, who is also an individual. And they're two different people, two different experiences. And you th- see through their conversations that, like, it's their differences as well as their similarities that bring them together and is why they love each other. Yeah. Um, and I think it's it's not even an arguable point about, like, do they love each other? Like, absolutely they love each other. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, setting the villain up like that, where he is like just the, uh, the fucking worst dude ever. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, trying to strip you of your individuality and just make you an extension of himself. Uh, I mean, that's a toxic relationship, one hundred percent. Yeah. Um, people that try to remove your individuality are d- abusive. <laughs> yeah. Um, anti-American as well. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of like mythological setup here, right? So you've got like this kind of Christ versus Antichrist kind of thing, which you see like after they've got Red and he's like chained up with barbed wire. As I say, with, with the barbed wire, and he's like he's basically almost like being crucified there. Yeah, I mean, he's crucified throughout the movie. Like, in another scene, yeah. he gets a nail driven through his foot. Um, uh, yeah. Or no, he has a, um... I think they, they handcuff him to a pipe, and then he's got the, the nail driven through his hand on the floor there. And I remember, like, he has to... He, has, he basically unscrews the pipe, bashes the one fucking biker dude, and then literally has to, like, pull the fucking nail out of his hand. Yeah. Uh, Which I'm really glad he pulled the nail out of his hand. Yeah. Instead of just, like, pulling his hand off the nail. Because... Yeah. That would have been worse for him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's what, for some reason, I thought that's what he was going to do. And I thought I remember that's how it went in the movie. And I was like, okay, wait. Yeah, no, he doesn't. Like, he just pulls the nail out, which is smart. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, no, I, I, one of my favorite things, I, I just love, again, the hard rock, like, inspired, uh, like, with this. rock brother, this is metal. Or, sorry, metal. His me- the, the metal. metal. Uh, in regards to like the uh, like the axe, his fucking the the axe and just all the tone and the visuals and the f- after like I think while that scene was going on, we got a commercial on whatever we were watching it on, and I looked at Shelby and I went, "Is is pretty funny because I've been watching just like nonstop people making knives and those kinds of videos." Yeah, and if you know like anything about uh anything about like tempering steel basically you're like oh that's not gonna be a good temper buddy (laughs) but i was like it's so forgivable though because it's just like a scene they need to stick in to explain why he has an axe now (laughs) and it's like it's it's very forgivable like things i would normally be like "Mm, i'm gonna nitpick this one actually uh i was fully willing to forgive in this because it's just so cool to look at yeah um Oh, uh, it pulls me back, though. Um, Mm -hmm. So, after Mandy is burned, and he begins this, like, descent into hell, basically. Yeah. uh, At one point, he gets called a Votan warrior. Mm -hmm. Do you know who Votan was? Because I had to look it up. Uh, I don't. So, Votan was the Maya war god 
uh, also called the Old Black God of War. Um, so he's this like Mayan figure, and actually in his mythology, he has a lot of similarities to like Odin. Nice, yeah. Um, to so much so that like archaeologists at one point, maybe maybe anthropology, mm -hmm. I don't know. Basically, like 1700s, 1800s, uh, early 1900s, people were there were a lot of theories that Vikings had gone to Central America and oh, some exchange of mythology happened for their mythoses to be so similar because, like, Votan brought writing to the Mayans, Odin brought writing to the Scandinavians. Um, they're both gods of war. Uh, I think they both used axes. Um, uh, both have an association with like the color black. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it, there's a lot. And I think that this movie is kind of like combining them. Um, Or at least using references to one of them. Probably Votan, the Mayan one, if I was going to make a guess here. Yeah. Because if I was doing Odin, I'd have popped one of them eyes out, I'll tell you what. <laughs> oh, yeah. That would have been, been pretty dope. Yeah. Yeah. No, There's um, definitely a, a switch in this movie, though, where it goes from, like, victim to, like, oh, I'm going to become the monster now. And, like... Yeah. When the dude's got the, like, wiener spike. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> and he, like, fucking cuts his throat with, like, a box cutter or something. And it's just, and like, blood's just pouring, pouring blood in his mouth. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the other dude comes in, takes a shot, and he's just, like, fucking... I can't remember how he kills him, but then he, like, picks up a shard of glass with a mountain of cocaine on it. And uh, just, no, like, it just rips rails. It. <laughs> I was just like, like <laughs> we're going off the rails. <laughs> yeah. And... I just want to say, like, and I think it really, like, the the point really hits. I, I think I think the the real switch where he's like, I'm going hunt, like, like the. I mean, he just literally says it. He says, I'm going hunting. But I think the the real switch in him, like, in his like mentality, happens in that scene, which I think I got a new appreciation for the scene where he comes. He just like gets up and he goes to the bathroom and he just has that bottle of vodka, and he like just the way that shot and how like absolutely maddening he looks just ripping yeah. this vodka pouring it over his like barbed wire wounds on his wrists and his fucking and... hell blade wound in his side yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so I'm like that it's very clear like at that point he's just like he's got strange and then he goes off to like collect his weapons and plan out how he's gonna do this and then yeah he goes after the bikers and you have like that whole shit go down and yeah like I, I think it's like he, he, he kills them rails that big ass mountain of coke off that shard of glass and he's just like just the, the I think it's like the, the look on his face like the maddening stare he's got going on like yeah, dilated I mean, pupils and all berserker oh yeah like and you see it in the movie he just goes full berserker like at first before the Votan warrior thing uh, mm. I thought they were doing like oh the beginning of this is like Christian mytho mythology and then moving into like Nordic mythology 
all paying homage to like metal visuals because like both of those have very very long deep histories with metal yeah um like i mean no shit a lot of the best hardcore bands that i've come across are like bands that started off as christian or like became christian at some point um not to say that like all the good ones are christian no it's yeah there's a lot of like very good stuff that's completely off the rails uh where was I going with that? Oh, yeah. No, this like exploration of like mythology mm-hmm. and uh mythological symbolism in this movie, I think is what like takes it above it just being like an atmospheric, gory, suspenseful movie and like actually making it a piece of art. Because yeah. it says a lot in this movie. Uh, oh yeah. Oh my favorite I wrote down my favorite subtitles in this. Squish. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. When uh, brother, oh god, what's his name? Brother, brother Swan. Yeah. When he sticks the freaking axe butt, the like it, spiked axe butt in his down mouth. Down his throat. Yeah. Yeah. This. <laughs> the subtitle for that when he like pushes it in is just squish. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Um, it also gets a little kind of forty k at one point. Um, you're talking about the chainsaw battle? <laughs> the chainsaw battle. Hell I, yeah, dude. I did love that. And I just remember like the first time I watched through that and I watch uh, the, I can't remember which brother, whichever brother it is. The one who, the one who has the chainsaw battle with grab that just like extra long chainsaw. And I'm just like, that is like a comically long chainsaw to be like trying to fight with. I feel like. <laughs> Oh. But I I love it. I love every minute of it. I even love well, like the way the he whole offs him. Scene, that whole sequence is so good because yeah. he picks up the chainsaw and then he like comes out from around the woodpile with that room room as he's like trying to start it and he mm-hmm. he looks and sounds like a predator on the prowl, right? Which is such good composition. So like the the soundtrack there is great. The freaking yeah. lighting is phenomenal for that. And like the atmosphere of this, like him coming around the corner and the dude not being perturbed by it, but immediately pulling out like the Claymore equivalent, <laughs> great sword equivalent of a chainsaw. And it just kicking up immediately is like, Oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh Yeah. Like, cause it sets it up like, yeah, he's gonna fucking get this guy. And the second that dude starts pulling the chainsaw out and the blade just keeps coming out and there's more blade and more blade, you're like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> um What was his name? Is that brother Klopek? I don't know. I'm just looking at the cast here. Richard Brake, being such a like, weirdo actor as the chemist, was Oh yeah. So cool. Well, I love. I also love the way they shot that, um, which I kind of forgot about because it, it, it literally Nick Cage does not have a single no word dialogue. of dialogue in that, and he literally, as the chemist, he's literally just like like asking questions or speaking and answering for himself off of like just the look that he's getting or like or like the feel he's getting from yeah. from Red. 
that line where he's like, you have a cosmic darkness oozing out of you or whatever. And there's like and the then centipedes. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, hell yeah, dude. Yeah, that was good. Like, um, it just has such a good ethereal uh, descent into hell, Dante's Inferno, Orpheus going into Hades for his the spirit of his wife. Like, yeah. all of those, like, really fun mythological tales about, like, descent into darkness mm-hmm. is so good and then when he gets to the end and jeremiah is like i'll suck your fucking dick man <laughs> yeah <laughs> it like rips you out of it and you're like yeah he's just a man yeah yeah he's just literally this crazed fucking cult leader who very much so values his life enough it, to just beg for it it's an apt commentary on how man mankind humankind is the originator of evil you know like yeah let's assume there is a god man sinned first let's assume there isn't a god we be doing a lot of sinning (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) exactly no um yeah I just yeah I love I love this movie I, I I watched it in 2018 when it came out and I was like yeah I fucking love this movie and sometimes I just forget about it um it's something I, I probably should get a hard copy of it I like to have a hard copy of like all my favorite movies yeah Be a good Shelby one. was more of a wild child than I am so at the scene where they drop the LSD in Nanny's <laughs> eye I was like you ever done it like that you ever done uh you ever done that? And she goes, no, I don't even know what that is. And I went, well, they're doing it through the eye, so it's probably LSD. And I was so proud because normally she tries to talk down to me about drugs, but I knew a drug <laughs> thing she didn't know. Um, yeah, it's funny. So what did what did Shelby think of the movie? Uh, Shelby, what did you think of Mandy? <laughs> Yeah, she loved it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did, did she actually love it? No, we were talking about it the whole way through. Uh, yeah. She was also really enjoying a lot of it. Yeah. Um, no, that's... um. It's really, so that that's the only one of the three that I watched with Casey. And I think she really enjoyed it. She she was commenting on, like, the, the cinematography, the visuals, and how well it was shot. Um, but no, it's funny, it's funny you were mentioning that because, like, she also didn't know what it was... Um, like that they were dripping in her eye. I was like, yeah, you can like, apparently like you could take it, take LSD that way. Yeah. And I was like, I feel hardcore, that's why you did it. Do you know why? Uh, I'm pretty sure it, it it's, it hits. It, it's it's because your optic right? nerves goes yeah. directly to your brain. So exactly, you're actually yeah. dropping it directly into your brain. Yeah. So it just, it's almost instant. Um, and then, yeah. So from what I've heard, so the tarantula hawk, the, uh, the bug that they, apparently that, that sting can actually amplify um, the effects of LSD as well, which is why they sting her with that to like yeah, give her like an extra, an extra hard top. trip. Yeah, yeah, that's that's yeah, that's literally what she said. Um, yeah, love this movie. Um, what what what's your rating? What are you gonna give it? Nine point eight. I I was I was gonna say nine nine point eight. I think is mine. Nine point eight, but you gotta know what you're going into. Yeah. It's a fucking wild ride. If you don't like metal, don't watch this movie. <laughs> you won't get anything out of it. Yeah. 
Um, if you really like metal, you'll love it. If you really like mythology, you'll love it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah actually, uh, there was one point where we were talking, and when it was like setting Jeremiah up as this like antichrist kind of figure, and then you've got mm-hmm. like Red kind of being set up as like a Christ figure. Yeah. With like the, the barbed wire and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Shelby was like, oh, I feel bad for the the oh what the younger girl oh yeah sister um sister Sister. lucy yeah um perhaps a reference to lucifer um she was like oh yeah like she clearly doesn't like what he's doing and these other things and i was like well you never know you know jesus's best bud was actually mary magdalene so and she was also a whore or a prostitute is probably the correct way of saying that. Um, so maybe she'll help out in the end. No, she just doesn't get in the way, which is also yeah, good. yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think she she's the only one who survives out of the entire cult, right? Um, as far as I know, yeah, yeah. Huh? Because all the dudes die. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. And and the uh, the older the older lady, he throws that throws her head into oh, yeah. Jeremiah's little chamber there. Um, yeah, no, great, great fucking movie. And with that, we move to another great another fucking movie, phenomenal movie, the unbearable weight, massive talent. Yes. So this movie is a masterclass on writing. Uh, yeah. when people talk about movies that are self-aware. Yeah. I, I was watching this. And I was like, this is one of the most self-aware movies I've ever watched. And yet it makes so many good points. Um, yeah. his biggest enemy throughout the movie is his own ego. Yeah. And you see like his ego, basically bullying him around, forcing mm-hmm. him to make these bad decisions. And then uh, you get that scene where he's in that black room and he's like, stands up to his ego, mm-hmm. overcomes himself, and then he's a real boy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> up until that point, he's just pretending. He's being an actor. Yeah. Um, dude, so many phenomenal lines in this. If you've ever done any acting or been involved with like, stage productions of any kind like the point where they start shooting at them because and they've just found out that like neither one of them is the villain that they think they are in each other's lives and then (laughs) Nicolas Cage goes this is why I should always trust my shamanic (laughs) instinct as a thespian yeah I started laughing so fucking hard because I was like that's first off it's an excellent callback. Yeah. Uh, it's beautiful. I love that line. Um, no, I, I did. I did like that. I liked that line when he originally delivered it. Uh, what he was talking to Vivian and he was just like, yeah, I, tr- I, I, I trust Javi. Like, yeah, I, I have this, you know, his, his, I've been trained to th- trust my shamanic. Instinct. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, so yeah, I thought it was it definitely was a great callback when that like once they do realize like once he realizes Javi's not this like bad guy the CIA is like like thinks he is that's running this cartel. Yeah, he's just like yeah I should fucking I knew it all. <laughs> Um, oh yeah, yeah. No, there. I, I. It's. I mean, obviously, we have Nick Cage playing Nick Cage throughout this entire mm-hmm. movie, and I just love all the references. Oh yeah, all all the references like strewn throughout from all of his movies. The relentlessly quoting Nick Cage movies is just, wow, Chef's kiss. Yeah, and also, <laughs> the, like. It also motivates decisions in certain scenes, right? Like, mm-hmm. they're running away from something, and... God, what does Pedro Pascal say? He's like, no, you should be the one to run, because uh, yeah. I saw National Treasure or something like that. Yeah. He's like, that was the stunt department. He's like, not according to the DVD features well, or whatever. It was the same thing as when they were, um, uh, they were tripping on acid and he's just like you have to drive he's like you have to drive he's like i can't drive i can't drive when i'm when when i'm tripping and he was like well but i but i saw uh what was it the the featurette for gone in 60 seconds where you did all of your own like stunt driving and he was like oh yeah you're right oh yeah you're right immediately backs out into a car (laughs) just smokes like a whole line of bicycles oh my god Yeah, I, I mean, I cannot overstate how good the writing for this movie was. Yeah, no, I think that because the whole movie opens up not with Nick Cage, but with the abduction of the girl who is yeah. watching a Nick Cage movie. <laughs> that was it. For some reason, I, I don't know why it it didn't it didn't come together for me. Like I I, I don't I don't know why I was blanking on the fact that that. The, the girl that Nick Cage helped the CIA try to rescue is that same girl. For some reason, it wasn't it wasn't coming together until like towards the very end. Um, like like when they actually grab her, and I was like, why why did I miss this? Like why did I was I not thinking that this is the girl? Oh yeah. And then when they reveal her, and then she's just like, oh fucking Nick Cage, awesome. <laughs> I'm just like, it just comes full circle so well to that very beginning. I also love that their plan for the like the finale there was like yeah uh your ex-wife used to be a makeup artist so you'll do his makeup and then it's like this this crime lord uh patriarch (laughs) who's been in like hiding or like not seen for 15 years shows up in a track suit (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) i was laughing so hard i was like this is so like the whole movie knows that it's just being stupid and funny and it's it's it somehow manages to always keep you invested with it no and it's just like the the like like we talked about like the self-awareness of the movie and the fact that the movie is him planning a movie that ends up being this movie like it's it's literally there the whole movie is about them it's just like it's it's this loop of just like genius like they're they're literally giving you the plot like they're telling you how this shit is going down and they're, they're just like yeah there's gonna be a kidnapping and then there ends up being they end up kidnapping his daughter and it's just like 
oh my god like they've just like basically been giving away the plot like what they're doing yeah um and then i i love the at the end the but like they, they keep you on the hook though because they don't let yeah. you know oh yeah avi doesn't know about the kidnapping of the mm-hmm. the initial girl um oh until yeah. after that scene with nick so yeah. you you kind of get this like paranoid kind of feeling like oh shit like he realizes now that nick knows about the kidnapping and now he's getting a little standoffish yeah but no he's just like <laughs> you're hindering the artistic merit of our project what the fuck are you doing <laughs> <laughs> oh man um i'm not gonna lie so like i was watching this movie and watching the way they interact and like become friends and all that for some reason i thought about me and you dude i was was gonna open up (laughs) this episode being like and with me today is my hobby uh scott kelly (laughs) (laughs) yeah I i was watching it i'm just like this is just some dumb shit we would do yeah we'd be like oh fuck we gotta get over this fucking wall dude <laughs> and, and then i'd of course i'd get to the top of the wall and then not be able to fucking pull you over and then I'm you'd like, be like you gotta fucking me. go without me and i just fall over the fucking side <laughs> it reminds me of those hvz days when i went like leaping over the fucking uh uh, like shrubbery and then we went like hauling ass down the thing and then like there was a point where we got separated that game he, uh, hvz for anyone who doesn't know is if you're a little hoodlum uh you'd find a random neighborhood and you'd play humans versus zombies with nerf guns and at one point that we had a group here locally who was about a hundred people strong yeah it was big it was and, insane and the best part Break like the original neighborhood breakaway that we played in. They were all chill with it. No, we didn't it really got, have any issues. It got written into their bylaws that you cannot play HVZ in that neighborhood. Oh, really? They they banned it. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, that's why we never had another one after those like two events. Um, Damn. brutal. Yeah, but uh, to <laughs> to get back on topic. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it talks about just about every kind of relationship that someone can have family relationships. His daughter, uh, him as a father, him as a husband, him as an ex husband, him as an absent father. uh, Javi with his forbidden love. Uh, Romance, yes. Uh, The romance between Nick and his ex wife. Yeah. Uh, yeah god man it's such a good movie yeah um no i mean so i was in the middle of watching it when you texted me your take on it and i was already really enjoying it and then yeah it just got it just got better and better and i did leave that like i i think i literally texted casey and i was like this movie was fucking amazing this is one of the best like this is one of the best movies i've seen in a while and probably up there in like one of the best movies of like that uh, that I enjoy, like of all oh, yeah. time. If I ever talk about writing again, this is definitely gonna be one of the movies I bring up because it's, yeah, it's. I mean, I don't think any movie's flawless, but mm-hmm. I struggle to think of a way that you could have made this movie better because it's paced so well. Uh, yeah. 
it starts off like the three act system that they do mm -hmm. is very good um the fact that there's like personal dilemmas to be overcome mm -hmm. uh external threats that yeah. drive the two main characters to, to forming a deeper friendship um just like the unapologetically bromantic friendship that they have uh even to the point where they're like trading shoes yeah, yeah. <laughs> that part was funny to me um yeah, here's the text I sent you. Holy shit, Unbearable Weight was probably one of the best movies I've ever seen. And I yeah. I stick by that. Yeah. Um, no, I I would agree as well. Uh, yeah. I I thoroughly enjoyed it through and through. through uh, yeah, there wasn't a point where I was bored mm -mm. or that I was like, this is too slow. It it, it stayed... It, it kept you on your toes. It stayed very engaging and, and, and funny. I mean, it was... It was yeah. I mean, they did, they did a good job. Yeah. All around. I loved it. Ex very, very good cast. Oh, um, yeah. Nicolas Cage and Pedro Pascal had an insane amount of charisma together. Oh, yeah. Um, it was That was great. And again, like the references just... I, I packed full of just great references to all of Nicolas Cage's, you know, filmography. Like everything, yeah. everything, you know... They had a little bit of everything in there. <laughs> I also love that, um, like, just about everything has a callback or a payoff in some way. Yeah. Like, when he walks in and sees the wax statue of himself, and he's like, it's grotesque. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How much did you buy this for? 6000 I'll give you 20 I'll give you 20 I think that was in the trailer for it back in the day. Yeah. But, like, then him going and stealing those guns the guns the golden guns <laughs> to kill javi whenever yeah. javi gets given the the gun by his cousin to kill nick cage yeah and then that little exchange they have where he's like you stole my guns and he's like they're my guns <laughs> <laughs> but then at some point he gives them to javi because those the are hobby. the two guns <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah those are the two guys at the very end when they're shooting at uh at his cousin's little caravan yeah. there. Um, which I want to say, I also really enjoyed the change up at the very end where like, like during like the panning of the camera, it, I, it, it caught me off guard. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, wait, that's not the same. That's not his wife. That's not like, or his ex-wife. That's not like the same actress who played to his ex-wife yeah. or his daughter. I'm like, what is happening? Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I like that. I like that transition to the end. Yeah. Cause they did it so well. Yeah. Um, like that scene, it's only like a moment and a half of a scene, right? Of mm -hmm. the film ending and then them being in the theater and you're like, they did it. They did it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They made the movie together. They did uh, it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not nine, 9.8. I was down 9.8. I'm giving it, I'm, I'm putting it right there with Mandy. 9.8. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's up there. So great Absolutely fucking movie. Yeah. If I ever talk about writing, I'll definitely bring up unbearable weight of massive talent. And if I ever yeah. talk about visuals, I'll, I'll probably bring up Mandy. Yeah. Um, That's and it's great. so funny because a lot of people are like, Oh, Nicholas Cage takes just like, like the premise 
of like the Nicolas Cage mythology, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, he fell into a Ponzi scheme at one point and he ended up being one of the people who like really lost out on it. Yeah. Because he didn't know it was a Ponzi scheme. Yeah, I think uh, I was reading he lost his his net worth currently is like six times less than what it was like years ago before he fell into yeah. that Ponzi scheme. So you sometimes hear people like, oh yeah, Nick Cage takes like just any movie, you know, and like they're playing off of that for the setup of the movie. Like, why would he go to someone's birthday party for a million dollars, right? Like, yeah. Uh, which is just so ironic because I'm, it's straight up, it's, it's dramatic irony, right? Like it, mm-hmm. it sets up the whole story. Um, but also this being one of the best movies I've ever seen, um definitely in the top 100 but also yeah. like they have s- such a love and passion for cinema and cinema history mm-hmm. and like whenever uh Javi asks him like what's your favorite movie and he's like oh dude there's no way you could say you have a favorite movie because like there's genre there's tone there's like how yeah. you feel it's like i Every time someone asks me what's my favorite movie, I have to give like a form of that spiel because I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what my favorite movie is because like today it might be Aliens. Tomorrow it might be The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Yep. Uh yesterday it could have been Star Wars, you know? Like Yeah. I just love movies. <laughs> 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 I love storytelling. Cinema is a fantastic avenue for it. Yeah. Um, and this movie gets it. Yeah. It's fucking great. Um. So yeah, for uh, for next week. Next week. What, what do you? I'm I'm thinking if if you're down, we stick with some Nick Cage. Round two. He's he's got. Uh, such a vast and and i've i've now been recommended uh, some other ones to watch shelby said that we should watch color was it color out of space that that one i was gonna say i had on on the list here color out of space um i think a newer one might be his newest one uh from two years ago so not not his newest one this is a year before uh Mm -hmm. unbearable weight uh is pig i heard was really good and it's actually yeah Pig, oh, okay. and it is apparently his. Any Nicholas his... Cage movies we should watch? Pig, Pig Shelby is apparently. Just told his... me he's going to be in a A twenty four movie soon. He he is yeah. I actually just um, when I was trying to look up news and stuff for the beginning of the 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 podcast uh, that came up is there, it's a, a movie about like he's just playing like an average dude like a professor at a college and like a dad. But like all of a sudden, people like just see him in in their dreams. Like he's just appearing in everyone's dreams. Uh, he doesn't know what the fuck is going on or why he's appearing the dream in their dreams. Encrypted. Yeah, that's that's essentially what it is. Um, and he's yeah, he's playing the dude who's just like showing up in their dreams. But he's like just an average guy. He doesn't know what the fuck is going on. So that one, uh, yeah, I'll be interested to see. Um, but yeah, I was thinking we do the color out of space pig. Oh my uh, god, what if we watch Ghost Rider? <laughs> oh no. Yeah, you want to do Ghost Rider? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> I was like, the other one we could do, I, I heard them reference... Willy's Wonderland. 
Oh, that one was also recommended to me. I don't know how good it's going to be, though. It's like some animatronic. Oh, it's a fucking Freddy Fazbear movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, let's watch that. That looks terrible. <laughs> let's do it. Okay, that'll be... So, Willy's Wonderland, Color Out of Space, and Pig. Pig, I heard, was really good. It's also his highest rated movie on Rotten Tomatoes. That's crazy. So, those will be the three. So, yeah. Other than that, I don't have anything. All right. So... All right. Uh, if you made hey. it as far... Actually, oh, uh, oh. I got news. Um, oh, I don't shit. think I had adequately set up the Patreon, so now the Patreon should be actually Patreoning. Um, I also added a bunch of tiers in there. Oh, shit. Uh, so, if you want me to read through those real quick, all I have to do is click a different tab. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I also have some news. We are on social media, the platform X formerly known as Twitter. Yes. You can find us at... Wait, do you, do you have one set up? Um, I don't know. We can use yours. I have one set up. It's... it's uh, It is the Bad Pipes Podcast. It is at Bad Pipes Pod on the X app. Nice. So if I you want to talk to Scott, use that one. If you want to talk to me... <laughs> You know, oh, yeah, we'll have to go we to CryptidWorks YT uh, nice, nice, on nice. on X former uh, formerly Twitter. Twitter. Um, yeah, so the new uh, membership tiers on Patreon. <clears throat> There's a three dollar tier. This is called nice. the Fellowship. At this tier, you join us on our journey, and at the end of every episode, we'll shout you out. Uh, then, for five dollars, you can become a real one. This is the ramen fun tier. Uh, so basically, at that point, if you're giving us $5 a month, we'll take your requests. Uh, if you want to fucking get into our Discord, where we just basically drop articles for each other. Sure, why not? I'll let you in. <laughs> uh, and you will also get a Patreon shout-out at the end. Um, <clears throat> but then... At the $10 tier, we got that boys' night every night. This is Discord access. You can hang with the boys. I don't know. If this gets popular enough, maybe we can do, like, live reacts in Discord. That'd be something. Oh, yeah. Um, so that'd be, like, maybe we do, like, uh, a live react to the Ahsoka episode or something. Um, nice. Uh, at the $100 a month tier, we still have feet pics. This is a meme. Don't do it. Um <laughs> So yeah, if if you're a real one, come hang with the boys. Uh, it's boys' night every night, and uh, the fellowship will ride again, brothers. Uh, uh, <laughs> what yeah. else can we say? Oh, uh, uh, as merch. always, music by Carl Casey at White Bat Audio. Someday we'll have merch. Um, <laughs> say hello to your favorite hot alien for me and. Uh, Blonde girls doing what blonde girls do. Drink uh, your water, eat your veggies. Yeah. I hope your week's been good. Good, good night. night. I love you. Good night.